Thomas and Gibson's haberdashery had stood on the main street of North Camp well before the turn of the century, long after Mrs. Thomas and her sister Miss Gibson had passed on. It had changed hands twice, but had kept the ladies' names engraved on the glass of two bay windows facing the street. The present manager, Mr. Richardson, liked the shop's cosily, old-fashioned, yet respectful air, reflecting over fifty years of good customer service. Young Mr. John Richardson would take over his father's business in the course of time, and meanwhile worked as a floor manager at Page's, the big department store in Everham, four miles away, but not as distant since the spur had been built, a cul-de-sac railway branch line that joined North Camp to Everham on the Southern Railway from London to Southampton. A disabled war veteran acted as ticket seller and collector, and waved the flag when the three-carriage train steamed back to Everham. Wednesday was early closing day, and Miss Pearson tidied the glass-topped counter with its yard-long brass tape measure inserted. She put away the ribbons, buttons and zip fasteners, and the sharp scissors used for cutting lengths of material. "'Are you ready to leave, Miss Pearson?' called Richardson from his office at the back. Two letters to post on your way?' Right, Mr. Richardson, she answered, clearing away the tea tray, emptying the pot and rinsing the leaves down the drain. She took down her felt hat and long jacket from the hook in the passage and pulled on her gloves. Mrs. Pearson, her mother, insisted that she wore a vest and liberty bodice until the end of May. Freedom. The church bell chimed for one o'clock and Miss Pearson set out to walk towards the meadows beside the Blackwater River, where she sat down under a tree to eat her packed lunch. It consisted only of two cheese sandwiches, but she knew there would be some of Mrs. Kennard's home-baked cakes and biscuits at the rectory. Her spirits lifted. For the next hour she could enjoy the rural scene, the fresh new foliage on the trees, the sunlight on the water, and she could indulge her secret thoughts in solitude. Reliving the moment when young Mr. Richardson had breezed into the shop yesterday and commented on her hair, swept up into a bunch on the top of her head and secured by hairpins which tended to loosen and fall out. He had bent down and picked up a stray pin. Why don't you take them all out, Valerie, and let that pretty hair fall down over your shoulders? he teased. And as always, she had been unable to think of a suitably witty rejoinder. He had called her Valerie, and she longed to call him John, but that wouldn't have been right. Her mother would be horrified at such forwardness. So he had smiled and passed on into his father's office. Whatever must he think of her stupid shyness? Thank heaven he could not read her thoughts, and here by the black water she could indulge in daydreams where the two of them held long, intelligent conversations, and he would reach for her hand and look deep into her brown eyes with a love that reflected her own. At the rectory, Mrs. Kennard, wearing a voluminous smock, was preparing for the ladies' hour. Lady Neville had already arrived, but without Miss Rebecca Neville. There would be Miss Rudge, who taught at St. Peter's Church of England Primary School, which closed on Wednesday afternoons, Councillor Mrs. Tomlinson, Mrs. Lupton, the doctor's wife, Miss Pearson and sometimes Mrs. Pearson, and two young mothers who lived next door to each other and took turns at attending, 
the one at home looking after the other's child as well as her own. The curate's wife had tried unsuccessfully to provide a creche for the children, but the rector and Mrs. Allingham, who had lived here for over thirty years and considered it theirs, had flatly forbidden it because of the noise and general disturbance which would shatter the peace of the six-bedroomed rectory. It would be no more disturbing than our chatter and singing, Joan Kennard now confided to Lady Isabel. And when the baby comes... Isabel had smiled and shrugged in sympathy. I'd gladly offer Hassett Manor for the meetings, only it's such a long way out of North Camp for the older ladies to walk, she said. In any case, you have every right to hold the ladies' hour here. It's your home now as much as the Allingham's. You need to put your foot down, Joan, politely but firmly. Would you like me to speak to Mrs. Allingham? Um...